You're tuned in to the Brand Ambassador Select Podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Brand Ambassador Select Podcast, where we are building connections, showcasing the impressive, and inspiring movers and makers. I'm your host, Lenore. Hit that subscribe button before we start so you never miss an episode. Communication is one of the most important life skills to have. It's how information is passed between one and another, and it's actually the foundation of sales. Yeah, you heard me, the foundation of sales. So to help elaborate on this, we've invited Dan Malloy, the president and CEO of Malloy Business Development. He'll be sharing the one power move so powerful that it will change your selling career forever. He'll also give examples about how to exactly use this in several industries. So Dan Malloy, welcome to the Brand Ambassador Select Podcast. Wow, I'm so excited to be here. Let's start from the beginning though, for everybody who doesn't know, what is sales and how can we improve our sales? It's a great, it's a great question. Actually, um, there is no such thing as sales. Okay. Elaborate. Uh, why, why, what does that mean? Uh-oh, what does that mean? Well, here's what I mean by that. It's actually really important to have a good definition of what sales is, what it isn't, right? Now, I, of course, you can't eliminate sales from the, from the lexicon. You know, that's not going to happen. But th- the whole idea of sales, if I were to characterize and say, Lenore is a great sales gal. What is it that Lenore, what is it that Lenore does? I don't know. People tell me that. I'm like, no, I'm not. But I don't know why you see that in me. Well, but but here here's it's important to have a definition. Here's my definition for what sales is. A sale occurs first of all when it only occurs when there's an exchange of commitments between the provider and the customer. Mm-hmm. You got somebody who's a vendor, right? Somebody's selling something, and you got the customer. And when they exchange, there's a mutual exchange of commitments. Then the money shows up after the fact. It's the exchange of commitments. So a good salesperson is somebody who's really good at quickly building trust, building credibility on one hand, and having conversations that produce action. Commitment. A commitment. A commitment to do something in the future produces action. A commitment to take care of somebody in the future produces action, right? So again, it's a model. You have to have, and this is what I do. I teach this stuff. I'm doing, actually, I'm doing a webinar with a big uh, a tire business magazine at uh, two o'clock today. And nice. A couple hundred people on there. We, we talk about this stuff all the time because I've spent my whole life studying it. Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's interesting for me because when I was a young man, in my like early 20s, like 20 years old, I admired this guy, Jim McAllister, who lived in, I grew up in a place called Hohokus, New Jersey. Yep. You've heard of it, I'm sure, right? Yep. Everybody's heard of Hohokus. But anyway, I admired this guy because and he was much older than me. He was like 35 and I'm 20 and we played in the basketball league together. And I really admired him. He had a nice big house and he had money and he had fancy cars and he had the whole bit. He was a salesman. So he's, I, I went to him one day. I said, Jim, I said, I, I want to be like you. I want to. I wanted so he said he I had a 66 Fairlane. This is my first experience in sell, in sales, right? I wanted to learn how to sell. So I went over to his house, he loaded up my trunk with uh, cash registers and calculators and stuff like that of the day. And this is like 1970, right? A long time ago. And um, and he said, "All right, go, go sell." Right? It's like what? <laughs> that was the, go where? The training, the training program. We just go, go, go sell. So he did it. I mean, he knew how to do it. And I would drive into gas stations. I'd go to places and I'd have open up my trunk of my car and people would come over and look and I would expect them to buy. I had no idea, absolutely no idea what I was doing. None. 
you know. So anyway, but that set the hook in me. I wanted to figure this out. So how did you? Like, how did you get from there well, to here's, here's, now helping everybody? My first real sales job was selling door-to-door uh, computer supplies in Manhattan. There's some basketball related again. That was the other funny story. I went for a job interview with this company, and I walk into a hot- uh, New Yorker hotel in, Man- in Manhattan, and oh, the Hilton. I think it was a Hilton. And I walk in the lobby, and I see this guy, Bob Hope. I said, Bob, how are you? He was. He always came to the basketball games we played in. And I said, I'm here for a job interview. He goes, so am I. He was the guy, and he's a friend of mine. He was going to interview me. What are the odds of that? Right? Small world. All right. So anyway, I sit down. He gave me the job, and I became a really good door-to-door sales guy selling uh, selling uh, computer supplies in Manhattan. And it was different. It was. It, it's one thing to to walk in, and you know, I was a young, handsome guy, had nice hair, and all this stuff. Right? Looking I say good. handsome in quotes, but I was young, right? And I had hair, and so you walk in and say, "Here's what I have." And they would buy things because we were selling computers. They needed what we had, and so people would buy from me. Mm-hmm. I was energetic, right? But I really, I, I didn't really learn how to. So I quit that job and I started my own company. I started a home. I did that for two years, and I wanted to have my own business, so I started a home improvement business. Now again, I was going door to door selling, quote unquote selling, and um, and I would go around and I would look at houses. I walk up to the owner and I would say, Hey, look, you might need a new roof. You might need this side of the other thing and gradually i built up my business i ended up selling that business i actually the, the truth i was getting divorced from my first wife lenore <laughs> <laughs> awkward and that's why it's very interesting <laughs> awkward i know awkward. we'll anyway, continue <laughs> but 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 what, what what happened was i sold a home improvement business and uh and i got involved after i took a year off and i got involved in uh, telemarketing Ah, and that was interesting because I had made a living up to that point as a salesman, but face-to-face stuff, right? Now you're now over all, the phone. Now all of a sudden, all I have is a phone. I give a list and call, cold call, cold call, cold call. How do you, how do you do that? Ah, I don't know. Now it was like I hit the wall because I had no idea, but I broke through eventually. Now, while all this was going on, I go to a computer, uh, not a computer, a communications workshop in New York City, right? Because my first marriage ended and I was a little devastated by that and I was struggling with how to sell on the, just on the telephone and I figured I'll go to this communication workshop. A guy comes out to lead the workshop, a Hispanic gentleman by the name of Fernando Flores. You can Google him. He's a world-class thinker. He was the economics minister for the country of Chile. Wow. Interesting guy. Yeah. He was in the, he was, uh, uh, his boss was Salvador Allende, who was the president of Chile in the early 70s. And when the military, General Pinochet came in and overthrew the government, they murdered Salvador Allende right in front of Fernando. And they took Fernando Flores and threw him in prison for three years. Whoa. He faced the firing squad three times. Mental torture. Today's your day and they shoot blanks. So he didn't die. And while he, while he was in prison, while he was in prison, he networked with other intellectuals, right? And so what are you going to do? I mean, you're locked away. He said, he told me in the, for the first year and a half, he was pissed off that he excused me, excuse the French, but he was really upset he was, he was in prison. Then after he realized he wasn't going anywhere, he started to network with other people who were locked, other intellectuals who were locked away. Gain knowledge. If you ever want to overthrow a government, you have to lock away all the intellectuals. Case in point, I'm just saying, you know, 
Yeah. It's a joke. I got it. I got it. But that's what they do. That's what they do. If you're going to lock away, you, know, you have to lock away the intellectual. So anyway, Amnesty International came and got him out after a few years. And I met him right after that period. 1980, I met him. So he was out for three or four years. Came, his family was here. And he comes out to lead the workshop and he's speaking Spanglish, right? Really broken English. And it was really hard to understand him. But he said a couple of things that changed my life. I formed the basis for what I do and who I am today. Let's hear them. The first, the first thing he said was that the only time commerce happens in any company, in any language on the planet, is when people exchange commitments. It's the exchange of commitments that produces everything. Right? Okay. The second thing, the second thing he told me, which might have my jaw dropped, because I had just gone through this divorce and you know selling is challenging. And when you look at the fact that there's a million words in the English language, more than that. How do you choose the right words to say? I don't know. It's the same way as how do you write the same paragraph over and over again? Like, I have no idea. I don't know. Well, here's, here's, here's what he shared with me, right? In the whole world of communication, there's only six possible moves that any of us can make at any moment in time. Okay. Just six. And I was like, what did he just say? I'm like, so now he's got my attention because I'm thinking to myself, my immediate thought reaction you know, was this like if, if if this is true, which it is, and there's only six moves in language that I have to, that, and, and that's the basis for everything. Everything man-made, woman-made, is the result of these six moves in language. That's a very small amount. Yes. Well, I could learn that. This is this is what I'm thinking. It's easy. Even, Not that many. Even I could learn that. Right. That's, that's what I was thinking. So I, I, I became a student. I studied with him for six years. It was like graduate program on steroids. I mean, he had us, he's such a brilliant guy. He had us doing a distance learning program in 1985. He convinced us to go buy these expensive computers. And, and he was giving us assignments and homework and everything to do with coaches that he had in California. And the internet didn't exist right at that point. So we would dial up, we had a dial up modem and we would dial up into a server in California and we would exchange homework assignments online. That's really cool. In 1985, we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know it was distance learning. We didn't know we were doing email, right? That's, it was before all this stuff happened, you know? So it's like, I've been engaged in this stuff forever, but the, the, the I guess the, the point of it, the thing that he changed in me was that uh, there's only six moves in language. And if you master these, it brings you great peace because th that's all there is. There's so then we further, now, now we go on to uh, uh, further on in my career. I'm in the telecommunications industry, and um, I get a call from a buddy of mine who, who says, he's all excited one day, a guy I went to college with. Dan, Dan, we can buy 104 auto repair and tire stores from BP, but we have to move quickly on it, right? Okay, I said, yeah. Oh. I said, Marty, great, fabulous. How can I help? What can I do? I'm, I'm working at the time for Telecom Italia in New York City. In the Bloomberg building, he says we got to get fifty million together quickly. So, what I said, that's a lot. Right, of money. no, it's true. Old, old, true story. And and I so I said, all right, let me see what I could do. So I made a few phone calls, and I did in fact get the money together to buy this company from British Petroleum. So now all of a sudden, now I leave the telecommunications, and I'm a partner in this company with a thousand employees and 104 auto repair and tire stores. That's true. So I believe anyway, you. Now, it just keeps getting better and better. Right. So so now, I. how do you learn 
about the business. So I would sit in the stores. I would drive to Pittsburgh, and we had 15 stores, and I would just sit there, listen, meet people, going to Cleveland. And I did this for about four or five months. And I came back to my uh, partners in a partner meeting. There were 10 owners of the business. And I, my turn to speak, and I stood up and I said, guys, guess what? We're not in the auto repair entire business. It's what? not the business we're in. Then what business are you in? We're in the communication business. And we run a giant call center. And we've got 300, 400 people answering the phones and communicating with customers every day. And we have no idea what's going on. None. Zero. You know, so then I, I, I immediately saw, for me, I had been using Flores' principles for myself. But at that instant, what I realized was that I had to develop training programs because people, people out there, all our employees struggled with how to communicate. So what advice did you give them? Well, I, I went to one of my partners and I said, look, I have to develop a training program for how teaching people how to communicate effectively. Because what I was hearing when I went out into the stores was people not communicating effectively. And the answer I got from a guy that owned 10% of the company, I only own 2% of the company, right? Was that, Dan, we're not going to spend a lot of time training people how to speak. Why not? Well, they know much more about automotive than you'll ever know. And they already know how to speak. So we're not going to waste time. Are they closing the deals though? Right. Well, that was the problem. And I, and I further, I said to the other partners, I said, I said, guys, listen, we're leaving about 50 million a year on the table because of inefficiency, because we don't know how to communicate. We don't know how to make commitments. This is the, the missing piece. Commitments. That's Commit, the missing piece. Well, so the exchange of information. So what would happen is customers, and this happens across all business today even, uh -huh. customers call up and say, hey, listen, I have a problem with, with my tooth. My filling is loose or my crown is loose. How much to fix a crown? They always ask, like, how much questions? You call up the auto repair entire place and you go, look, I got a problem with my check engine light. How much you know? is this going to cost me? Right, exactly. I, I listen. I do that all the time, so I'm, I'm guilty of it. You've done that before. Well, and here's the here's the problem. If people, if the salespeople just answer the the informational question, you don't get what you want. If you have a problem with your tooth, or you've got a problem with your eyeglasses, or you've got a problem with something else, your with your car is a great example. If you've got a problem with that, you don't need a price. You will down the road. But what you need more than anything is a commitment from somebody who's competent to make a commitment to help you, to take care of you, to get you back on the road. Because you're when, you, when you're stuck, if you have a pain, like a, a tooth is a great example, right? If you have a toothache, you don't care about the cost at that instant. You want the pain to go away. Yeah, true that. If, if you have a problem with your car, you don't care about price at that instant. You care about that you can't take the kids to see grandma. You can't go on vacation. You can't go buy groceries. You can't go to the cleaners. You can't pick up the drugs at the drugstore. You can't do anything. Your life is on hold. Uh, I'm picturing myself right there. On hold. It's like being broken down on the side of the highway. You don't care about cost. <laughs> That's the worst. You don't care about price. You care about that somebody says to you, Lenora, I can help you. How can you help I'm gonna, me? I'm going to take care of you. Thank you. I'm the guy. You've called. Today's your lucky day. And I feel, you, I feel comfortable because you made me. You. I felt like I trusted you, 
And you had the trust back in me, so that was the interaction. This becomes a mantra. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. I can help you with that. Becomes a mantra. So what would you say that your Malloy sales training method is then? Teaching people how to make commitments. But before that, when you have a company, right? And I deal with lots of companies. Um, when you have a company, you have employees. Most companies have clear standards for how to handle uh, money, how to handle environmental issues, how to handle safety. But what I learned with my ProCare experience when we had a thousand employees and what I deal with every day with, with, with companies is that they don't have standards for how to communicate, like a, a philosophy for how to communicate doesn't exist. So you, if you have a hundred employees, you have a hundred people that show up every day mm -hmm. right, and they want to do a good job, but everybody has a different idea of, 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 of how to communicate effectively. And if you ask people, what, what is effective communication? What does that mean, even? You, t you tell me. question. Please, you tell me. Well, I will. I'll, I'll give you my definition. But the point is to have a definition. It's like if you ha if you have a hundred people in the room, and I've done this with many times, and I say, what is, what is the definition? If, if life is all about communication, every result is tied to how we communicate, right? Mm -hmm. Then what does it mean to communicate effectively? To, What's your definition? To really res to to re I don't you're I'm, now I'm nervous I don't know then <laughs> you're making me nervous. Well, uh, okay, so how can you repeat the question? Think about Let it. me think. think. About it. Every life. So here's the point. Watch every result in your life, in your business life, in your everything about Lenore. Everything is tied to how you communicate or don't communicate. Which everything is like my is personality to too. On how, how it comes across. Well, your personality is how you communicate. That's self-communication. Yeah. You show up. I, oh, this is Lenore. I'm bigger than life, right? I, this is who I am. There's me. There. You, but I'm just saying, everything is tied to how you communicate. Then yeah. what does it mean to communicate effectively? What does that mean? To get your point across in the shortest amount of words. Okay. That's, that's a part of it. That's not wrong. Nothing wrong with that. I think that makes... That makes enormous sense. The problem, here's the problem. If you have 200 employees uh -huh. and you ask the same question to every employee, 200 people. 200 different many, answers. Right. And that's a problem. It's like having a football team and everyone has a different playbook. Ooh, no, you're not winning any games there. That's the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Jets fan, but we're no better, okay? Okay. <laughs> Another example is music. You know, I have a band. I'm a singer, right? And I believe it or not, I'm 69 years of age. I have a rock band. It's true. I swear to God. I believe you. I saw that. I saw some things on the internet. Oh, you saw some of that stuff. All right, good. Um, you, you saw me with the hair piece. It's funny. We have a, we have fun with it. I do an Eric Clapton uh, tribute. But anyway, I work. I've been doing that for 30 years. But the important thing about music is that when you have a group of professional musicians. They have standards for, for, for how to play music, mm -hmm. the tempo and key and interpretation, you know, and, and just how to, so it's, it's easy. If you pick a song and you've got professionals and you say, well, this is how we want to do it. This is the style. Here's the key. We can learn it very quickly. The problem in business is you have a thousand employees or 500 or 200 and they come in and everybody's got different ideas. So the first thing we do to answer your question is establish standards for effective communication. Okay, that sounds okay, so reasonable. So here, here's an example of what that means. Watch. 
whenever you communicate and communicate means that's another is another question right what is communication it means speaking obviously it means body language it means um, uh, eye contact would be part of body language i guess right yeah definitely um, right it could mean these days texting and email and uh it could mean also really important is self what types of conversations you have running around in your head a lot right but but that 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 colors your 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 view of the world your assessments of things somebody walks in you go oh, that guy's no good whatever you know you make opinion you have automatic opinions that happen you know you don't even think about it and you 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 come up with you know what you think like even an example of self communication it, it the the it's raining out and you wake up and you go oh what a crappy day oh my god this is horrible you're already rain. down it's like why do i even want to do anything right and that's what you realize is that whatever you declare the declaration is one of the six moves so whatever you declare to yourself right and to other people that's reality yeah. <laughs> declarations invent the future 100% of the time so you have made a lot of athlete references now i know you're an athlete yourself how has that helped you be successful in business and in sales being an athlete well and it's all tied to language and communication you know it's like um when I give you an example, when I was turned 55, I, I started doing triathlon. I've been a runner for since I was 30. So yeah, God almost, bless that. I can't run. It's almost 40 years now, right? Tens of thousands of miles of running. 2005, 2006, I declared I was going to do a triathlon. The declaration is one of the six speech acts, the six moves. So when you what you declare becomes real. So I said, I'm going to do a triathlon. And when you include a time element, with the declaration, now it becomes a commitment. Important to see that. A declaration by itself is not that powerful. A declaration in time, that's a commitment. Just have to I'm going to do the show with Lenore on, you know, at 11.15. Boom, that's a commitment. And here we are. Yeah, there we are. I'm going to go to the gym today at 5, and I'm going to work with Lenore. She's my personal trainer, and she's going to put me on a program because I want to go to the World Championships. you got to so follow this is through. The, this is the conversation I had about about triathlon. When I got started, I had a coach, and I went to my coach, and I declared to him, Mike is his name. I said, Mike, I want to make Team USA. You have to declare yourself. You have to put yourself in the game. Mm -hmm. Hold, hold you yourself accountable. Yeah, and you, you have to have, and it helps to have other people, and it helps to have, you, when you declare and you commit to something, you put your rear end on the line, and you, you it helps to have your checkbook involved, too. <laughs> you want to be, sure. be, you know, have some money and have an investment in it. So anyway, long story short, I declared to Mike I wanted to make Team USA, and I did. Uh, after it took me four years, but I did it. You keep declaring and declaring and declaring every time you fail, and I eventually did it. And then I went off to my first of uh, three World Championship events representing the United States. In 2011, I came in sixth place in the world. That's incredible. In, in triathlon, way beyond anything, way beyond anything I ever could have predicted in my life. You know, but again, when you put yourself in the game, in a big game, and you commit to something, magic can happen. You know, when I when I started my first band, um, uh, like 1993-94, right? We called it Strange Brew. I wanted to learn how to sing. I followed the same process, and this is all based on the work I did with Florence. I learned how to make declarations for myself. 
you can make declarations for other people too. And just move forward and actually go through it. And that's how you can become successful. Absolutely. All through commitment. Through commitment. You, commitment is the foundation for everything. That's what I've discovered. You can check out Dan on Facebook and Instagram at Malloy Sales Training. That's M-O-L-L-O-Y Sales, S-A-L-E-S, Training, T-R-A-I-N-I-N-G. Facebook and Instagram. Again, the website, MalloySales.com, M-O-L-O-Y. Phone number, 877-212-6001. Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. But before you go, last minute advice to the listeners for communication. Last minute advice. Go for it. Don't, you can do much more than you think you can do. Be bold. Declare it. Put it out there. Whatever you want to do, put it out there big time. Make sure you, you, you have uh, and surround yourself with people that, are, uh, that will provide you with encouragement. Really important. Thanks once again Thank for you. joining us today on the Brand Ambassador Select Podcast. I'm your host, Lenore, and that's a wrap on another episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss one. BrandAmbassadorSelect.com for more info, and we will see you next time.